Hello, it's the Thursday of Easter week and on that first Thursday lots of horrible things happened to Jesus. Dreadful things happened. Now we're in the middle of a pandemic at the moment. We're in the middle of lockdown and lots of restrictions to our normal life. And what we're trying to do through this is to avoid any dangers. Now the problem we have at the moment is the dangers that we face are unseen. We can't see the virus, we can't see the germs. But if we could see them, we would do everything we could to avoid the danger. We would run a mile away from it. But none of the events that happened that first Easter Thursday come as a surprise to Jesus. Nothing is an unseen danger to him. And the reasons we thought about yesterday is because he's God. He knows everything. He sees everything in advance. But here's the amazing thing. Even though he sees the dangers, he sees the troubles of that first Easter Thursday, he doesn't run away from it. He doesn't go in the opposite direction. In fact, he continues all the way to the cross. And why does he do that? Well, we thought again about this yesterday. He does it because he loves us. It's part of God's great plan to save and rescue us. Now, there's lots of dangers that he faces on that first Thursday. He knows that he's going to be betrayed. Jesus has made a plot with the religious leaders and it doesn't come as any surprise. So let me read from Mark chapter 14, starting at verse 17. Let's listen to God's word. And when it was evening, he came with the twelve. And as they were reclining at table and eating, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be sorrowful and to say to him and one another, It is I. He said to them, It is one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread into the dish with me. Jesus knows he's going to be betrayed, but he he doesn't stop Judas. He's eleven helpers. He's eleven other disciples. And physically they could have restrained Judas from going away and betraying Jesus. But he doesn't. He knows the trouble and yet he let it continue. And why? Because it's all part of this great plan to save people like us. He also knows what's going to happen in the next few hours, that in the next day he's going to die. And he visually illustrates it to the rest of the disciples. Let me continue to read from verse 22. And as they were eating, he took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them and said, Take, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. And so he takes these simple symbols, bread and wine, to speak of his suffering and his death that he knows is going to happen very shortly. And even though he knows, he keeps continuing on towards the cross. He also knows that day that he's going to be deserted and denied by his close friends. From verse 26 it says, And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I'm raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly, I tell you this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, If I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. And even though Peter protests and the other disciples that they won't desert, they won't deny Jesus, Jesus knows that he will be deserted that very same evening. And yet he keeps going to the cross. He leaves the upper room. He heads to Gethsemane. And he knows there what lies ahead. Not only the cross, but on the cross he will face the judgment of a holy God. Let me read from verse 32. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, 
sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And so it tells us there that his soul is full of sorrow. It's full of sorrow as he contemplates the cross, the physical agony and suffering. But more importantly, the spiritual suffering that he's going to go through in the next few hours. When he's separated from the Father. When God the Father puts all our sins and lays it on Jesus his Son. And he knows this is going to happen. And yet he submits and says, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus knew what was ahead of him, and yet he continued. Now here's something to think about. Where would we be if Jesus had stopped? Where would we be if Jesus had seen the dangers that lay ahead and run in the opposite direction? It was very simple. We'd be lost, and we'd be without any hope spiritually. He knew the trouble, he knew the danger, but he kept on going to the cross. And so today, in response to what we read here, Why not praise God? Let's rejoice that Jesus knew the agonies and the trauma that lay ahead and yet he kept on going so he could offer salvation to people just like us. Let's praise God as we pray now. Dear Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you that he did not run away even though he knew exactly what was going to happen. The denials, the desertions from those who were close, the agony of the cross, the agony of being forsaken by a holy father and yet he continued to the cross because he loves us. Help us to rejoice in that. Help us to be thankful. Help us to live our lives in response to his great sacrifice and love shown to us. Bless us, we pray. We rejoice in you, our great saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. The greatest